You are listening to Koinonia Church, where we are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. Good morning, good morning. Uh, God is good all the time. Somebody told me this morning that it had been all year since I'd said God is good, and they were worried if I didn't believe it anymore. So there it is. I do believe it. It's good to see you this morning. I believe, I believe this year is, uh, is going to be a good year. Uh, I really do have a, a sense of expectation and faith about 2024. Uh, and that's not because I think it's necessarily going to be an easy year or things are, um, you know, going to be perfect every moment, that there's not going to be challenges, because there are. Uh, but but I, I have a, a strong sense of expectation that God is going to be in our 2024. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm going to start a new series this morning um, called First See It, and uh, and I'll, I'll talk to you in a moment just about that. But before I do that, I, I want to read a psalm with you. As, as during worship this morning, uh, this psalm came to me, and I, and I felt like it might just be for us as a congregation today. Uh, and so I kind of want to speak it into, into your spirit this morning. So if you have a Bible, turn uh, with me, if you would, to Psalms 46. They may have it on the screen. They were so quick to get it up this morning, so it might be there as well. But I'm going to be reading out of the NIV translation, Psalm 46. You can turn there in your phone or your Bible or, uh, you know, it used to, be, used to be when I was growing up, you knew when people were there because you could hear the pages turning and then it got quiet. And anymore with, uh, with devices, you can't tell anymore. Are you there at Psalm 46? All right, all right, at least, at least uh, a few of you are. So uh, Psalm 46 simply says this, God is our refuge uh, and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. That's why I'm, I added words in there because that's the way I memorized it when, when I was a young man. Uh, this psalm uh, is written 3,000 or so years ago by the sons of Korah, and uh, it's written to the people of Israel, <clears throat> encouraging them about who God is and, and uh, his faithfulness. And just like 3,000 years ago when they wrote to the people of God then, I believe it's, they're writing to us today. We can take this as if it's right now, today for us. And they begin by, uh, by speaking to, uh, to us about right now and the situation of right now. And then it's almost like the scene shifts and we go to heaven and then we come uh, back down to earth and fast forward in time to the end of time. And you almost will see these three movements. Uh, and I think it's valid for us today just as it was then. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. I have no doubt that in 2024, year, 2024 there will be earthquakes, uh, and there uh, will be storms, uh, there will be natural disasters, there will be wars and rumors of wars. I have no doubt that uh, in 2024 there will be ups and downs, there will be challenges globally, there will be a political scene uh, here uh, nationally in our own country as we prepare for elections. Uh, there will be ups and downs in all kinds of different ways, uh, economically perhaps, individually in your life, there, there will be challenges. There will be mountains that will quake and there will be, you know, foams in the ocean. But God is our refuge and our strength in times of trouble. 
Then he goes on and he says this. He says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Right? Now we're fast forward. We're almost to a picture of heaven. We see the throne room of God, and, and it begins to speak about the river that flows there by the throne room of God, a river that is without end, a river of life. In Revelation, read about it. It says that, that this river gives life to the nations. It's healing for the nations. And this is a river that exists there for the people of God. When it says the city of God, it's talking about the people of God. It's talking about the kingdom of God. It's talking about you, all of those who are in the kingdom of God who know Jesus Christ. He says there's a river who makes glad the city of God. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. I said so she will not fall. See, that's what happens when I don't use my glasses. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then the scene now shifts, and, and I think we fast forward to the end of time. And, and, and it's, the psalmist says, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. At the end of time, when God rolls up the scroll, all of the nations he will gather, peace will be brought to the ends of the earth. Why? Because God is sovereign. He's in control. He's the one that's moving things forward. He has his purposes in his heart. He will not be defeated. And he is the one that ultimately is determining the course of the earth today. And that is why, to you, Quinnia Church, I say, in 2024, there is a river that makes glad the streams of our God. There is, in fact, a river that we have of supply and source that can keep us in times of trouble, no matter what happens in this next year economically, socially, no matter what happens in your family or in your life, there is in fact a river of God that makes you glad, that makes me glad, that is present for us. It's healing for our bodies, it's healing for our spirits, it's healing for our minds, and it will preserve the people of God no matter what. See, even on our worst day, it's our best day because we can't lose because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has already determined what's going to happen and where we're going to be. And because of that, we can say, thank you, God. I'm secure in 2024. Let's go in this year with a sense of expectation, with a sense of faith and a sense of hope that God is before us. He's not against us. He's making a way for his people. I remember what Wayne Myers said years ago during the economic recession. He's a great man of God, a great missionary, still in Mexico after more than 60 or 70 years, given his life there. And he said, listen, the people of God never have to worry during a re recession, during an economic depression. He says, the Lord always keeps care of his people. And so I just want to tell you today, the Lord will keep care of you. You just keep your eyes focused on him, and he will take care of the rest. Can you say amen to that? Amen, amen. Listen, I want to speak to you this morning about uh, first see it. Over the next couple of weeks, the month of, of January, I want to talk to you about vision and dreams and about what is in the heart of God uh, for your life. And this, this morning, I, I want to talk to you for the next few minutes about how we start the, the year out right. Uh, and, and then next week, I'm going to talk to you about how to prepare ourselves 
uh, for the prophetic summit that's coming on the third weekend of, of January. So actually in your, your calendars, you, I want you to note that because that third weekend of January, I think it's the 19th, 20th, 21st, uh, we're going to have some special services. We've got a couple of uh, pr prophetic uh, pastors that are coming in uh, from uh, Texas and also from Portland. Some of you remember we did that last year. It was a powerful time of ministry. And, uh, and, and so the Lord's going to speak to us, I believe, and, and inspire you, inspire me. And we need to prepare ourselves for that. So next week I'm going to talk to you about how, how we can actually hear the voice of the Lord and, and know how to receive it. Uh, and, and then the, uh, in week four, in the last week of January, I'm going to talk to you about excuses, excuses, because I, I think that the very moment that God speaks to us is the very moment that our natural mind immediately begins to resist it. Uh, and God tells us the good thing that he wants to do. He begins to declare faith to us. He tells us he wants to, to break some things in our life or move us forward. And what our natural mind does, because that's what the scripture says, the scripture says the natural mind is opposed. The mind of the flesh is opposed to the things of God. And the very moment that God speaks something to you, in that moment, your mind goes, ah, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if that's for me. Maybe they meant to say that to somebody else, but I'm just not feeling it. And, and so it's so important for us to know how to receive and begin to walk out the thing that, that, that God gives us. This series, First See It, is, uh, I think is important for us at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, everyone is making, not everybody is making New Year's resolutions. A lot of people have given up New Year's resolutions because we realize, we realize what happens is that within the first couple of weeks of making those New Year's resolutions, you fail at them, right? Everybody's had that experience. Everybody, everybody signs up for the gym at the, at the, at the New Year. Uh, you, can't get, you can't get a treadmill, you can't get a bike, can't barely get a parking space at the gym for the next couple of weeks. Everybody and their brothers decided that they're going to get healthy this year. We'll just wait three weeks, four weeks from now. It'll be a ghost town. You won't have any problems uh, getting into the gym because there's something that's so difficult for us to actually really engage with change over the long term uh, in our life. We, it's easy for us to be inspired for the moment. It, it's easy, you know, and, and that's certainly what I would be concerned about this morning. You might be inspired by what I say in the next few minutes. But what we need is we need a strategy that will actually take us, an endurance that will take us over the long term towards the thing that God wants to do uh, in our lives. Because I, I do believe that God wants to do some new things in your life in 2024. I have no doubt about that. God actually wants you to grow. He wants you to move forward. He, he wants you to grow in your relationship with him. He wants to grow you to grow in your marriage if you're married, in your relationship with your family. He wants you to grow at work because he's a God of the new. He's a God that makes things new. He's a God that moves things forward. He's a God that's for you and not against you. He, he's a God of the impossible. He's a God that actually surrounds his people. I mean, we read Psalms 46. He's the one that provides a river that actually is a source of supply for his people. He's given you the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. All the resources of heaven are at your disposal this morning. And, and, and so he actually has something for you in 2024. But the question is, how do we receive it? How do we actually walk into it? How do we not just repeat the same thing over and over again that we have seen in the past? Well, I, I think first we, we, we do, in fact, have to, to see it. That's why I've called the series First See It. And I, I remember uh, hearing that phrase years ago that, you know, you have to see it before you see it. And, an architect, uh, if he's going to build a building, you know, they don't just show up at the job site and with a pile of wood there and begin to build the building. There's, there's actually something that happens inside of their mind and inside of their imagination 
where they visualize, first of all, they see what it is that they want to build. They see that thing that doesn't actually exist in the physical world, and they see it first, and then they begin to draw the drawings, and then they begin to build the building, and then ultimately the day comes when they stand outside the building and they actually see it. See, it has to exist first in your mind. It has to be something that, that you have a vision for, that you would have a dream for today. And, and I, I want you to know that I think that visions and dreams, in terms of dreams for the future of what God wants to do in your life, is a challenge for us. I want to tell you why. I think in part it's because of where we live. Now, I love where we live. I don't want you to, to, to think that somehow I don't love where I live. I lived in the valley like you live in the valley. Most of you live in the valley. I was born here in the valley. I'll probably die here in the valley. I, I, I love the valley. So, so I'm going to say some things about this place that we live that might sound critical to you, but it's not because I don't love this place. I love this place. I love the people in this place. I've tried not to love the people in this place. I've, I've tried to leave this church. I've tried to go to other places. I can't. God has given me a desire and a love for the people in, in Kings County and, and people in this place. He's rooted, he's rooted me here. But there's some things about living in the valley that are difficult. I mean, it's great. It's a fertile ground. The agriculture is wonderful. The, the community is really fantastic. It's a great place to raise your family. But it's a valley. The air is terrible. Uh, you know, it's, if you go right now to the coast, it's, it's beautiful. The sun is shining. and It's lovely. You drive over there, just, just a mere 45 minutes to an hour. You're, you're out of the valley. You get in the foothills and... Now it's starting to be green on those foothills, and you go, oh, man, this is such a beautiful place here, California, that we live in. And, 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 you, and you go, and you enjoy the sun, and, and you get your vitamin D, and, and, and then you come back. And as you come back into the valley, have you ever done it? Have you ever driven towards Kettleman City? You begin to come down into the valley, and, and it's almost like you see the pea soup that you're entering into, and, and the, the, the sun disappears, and... You go, what is this place that I live in? I don't, I don't even see the sun half the time. And there, there's something about the place that we live, as wonderful as it is, that b because we're in this, this bowl, that, that, and we're, this bowl is covered so often with, with pollution or fog or smoke or whatever, that, that we can't generally see the mountains. We can't generally see beyond this little place that, that, that we live. And, and because of that, our, our vision in the natural sense is, is very limited very often. But I think in the spiritual sense, that is true as well. I, I think the valley for us, for many of us, represents a place uh, of being stuck. It, it's a place where, where we're just like, this is where I am, and I'll never get out of here. And my parents never got out of here, and my parents never went anywhere. This is just the way that it's going to be. There, there's almost like this... This, this spiritual reality that reflects the physical reality that, that we have this mentality that we're just not going to be able to ever see beyond or move beyond where we are right now. And for many of us, we're stuck in a cycle of, of actually a lack of faith, a lack of vision, a lack of dreaming. And so that's why I'm talking to you this morning, because I, I think this is actually more than uh, just, just what happens anywhere. This is something that is our area in a power and a principality, spiritually speaking, over our area of apathy and of lack of faith and of lack of vision. And so this morning, I, I want to I preach some vision into you. I want to preach some faith into you today. And, um, 
Uh, and this, uh, this morning in the first service, I just realized I was kind of excited about it. So uh, forgive me if I preach at you today, uh, but, but I think it's important for us to push beyond and to push off almost like a weight that, 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 that we carry because we live in this place that says you're never going to get beyond where you are right now. You failed in the past. Your parents couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You're going to be stuck. You're never going to see a change in your life, in your marriage. You're never going to move beyond where you are right now. And it's time for us to say, I'm not going to live like that. I'm, I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to push that thing off of me by the power and the Spirit of God and believe and grab a hold of the thing that God wants to do inside of my life because I want you to know God has a dream for your life. He has a plan for your life. He has purposes for you. He's not finished with you, and it's so important for us to see it. If you don't see it, then oftentimes you can't receive it. If you don't see it, then you don't understand it. But you, you first have to begin to see what God wants to do. But, so then when you actually hear it, you can actually begin to apply it. As a pastor, I know the principle that, that many times I will say things three, four, five, six, seven times. And not until the seventh time will people hear it. Which is so frustrating because after the third time I get bored. I'm thinking, I mean, I, I, this is like repetitious. I t I, honestly, I really sometimes think I could preach the same sermon every week for a month. And everybody would just say, wow, pastor, that's amazing. That's so inspiring. And no one would say, didn't you preach that last week? <laughs> because it takes so long for us to, for it to soak into a, a, ourselves, into our hard heads and into our hard hearts. Uh, but once, once it gets there, then we begin to be able to see and to receive. It's almost like then the light comes you know, it flicks on and we go, okay, now, now I can see what God wants to do. So this morning I want to talk to you about starting right in this idea of, of, of as we begin the new year, how do we actually move forward in a way that, uh, that it helps us understand what God wants to do and how to cooperate with his plan. I want you to know that the life of following Christ is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not going to work for you to be just inspired for just a moment. It requires long-term endurance. It requires us to have a strategy of moving forward because there will, in fact, be bumps and bruises and left turns and right turns and detours and things we didn't expect. And you just have to know you're in a marathon. You're, you're in this, this race that's a long-term thing, and God is not a microwave God. He's an oven God, right? He he's actually has a plan. If to, to him, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And so we're thinking, man, God, it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been a year. I don't see the thing yet. He must, we'd be thinking, you're not going to do it. And he's going, what? It's been like a second. There's, there's something that I'm doing that you don't understand. Give it some time. If you're going to actually start right this year, there's three things I think you need to know. You need to know where you're headed. You need to know where you're going. What, what is your... What is your north star? What's the direction that you're going in? If you, if you want to go to, to Los Angeles, it's not going to do you any good to, to drive north and head towards San Francisco. Right? You, you're, you're going to have to know where, where you're headed, and you're going to have to have an understanding of the thing that you believe that God wants to do in your life. Is this year just going to be a repeat of last year? Because uh, I can guarantee you if you don't do anything different, you will repeat last year. You're the same person that came into 2024 just as you were in 2023, here it is, and there you are. Still you, still dealing with the same things, and unless something changes, you'll just repeat the pattern, and you'll be right back where you are. Uh, so you have to know where you're headed. Where, what, what do you want to grab a hold of in this year? You have to know what you're dealing with. 
By the way, what you're dealing with is you. That's a big deal. Some of you need to, you got a lot to deal with, right? I, I mean, I, when I'm dealing with me, there's some things that need to change inside of me, and I, but I, I, I got to deal with Andrew. I got to deal with Andrew's tendencies, his personality, his history. But it's so important for us to sort of with a clear eye be able to see where I am right now and what I'm dealing with. Sometimes we get so um, idealistic. And we shoot for the, you know, the world. We, we think, man, I, I could do everything, and I could do everything within the next month. God is the God of the impossible. And we almost get foolishness because we haven't slowed down and realized what it is that we're actually working with right now. And, and you're working with you. I'm working with me. And there's, there's some things that, that have to be done inside of us. And when I look at myself, there's some work to be done. Uh, I'm uh, celebrating 24 years with my beautiful wife, uh, Carrie, marriage this week. Anniversary's just coming up. Yesterday she sat me down. She says, Andrew, there's some things you need to deal with. <laughs> 24 years later, I'm thinking, come on, man. You don't have this figured out yet? No, there's, there's some things yet I have to deal with. I got to know where I'm at. I got, I got to know that there's still some things to change inside of me, that there, there are still some things that, that need to be dealt with. You need to know where you're at and who you are. And what your situation is. And you, may, you might be under it and you might be broken and you might be dealing with addiction and you might be dealing with habits. You might have made some terrible mistakes or you might be on top of the world and think you've got it all together. You need to know where you're at and who you are because that's the, right, that's the place that you're starting from at the beginning of 2024. And if you're not sure where you're at, ask your spouse or your best friend, somebody that won't lie to you and say, oh, yeah, you're doing great. Because you ain't, right? You're you. You got some problems just like everybody else. Know who you are. Thirdly, you have to know how you're going to get there. You got to have a strategy. You, you got to have a plan. You got to have some, some steps that, that you're going to walk through. This year, I just want to say, what do you want to see happen in your life? Maybe you want to grow personally. Maybe you want to grow spiritually. You want to get closer to the Lord. Maybe you need to grow in your marriage. You want to see your marriage improve. Maybe you, maybe, you, know, you want to see your relationship with your kids be restored if it's broken or, or improve from the place where it's at. Maybe your kids are at a phase where you, you don't even know what you're doing anymore. and You need to grow in your parenting because suddenly now they're, they're teenagers or they're young adults and you're going, oh man, God help me because I don't know. And so you need to actually grow in those areas. Maybe you need to grow in your work skills. Maybe there's a, a skill set that you need to develop. Maybe you want to go back to school and get some education. Uh, maybe there is an addiction or, or a habit pattern in your life that that you need to deal with. Maybe there's a relationship that needs to be repaired or, 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 or fixed or, or a relationship that needs to be broken because you know it's actually not healthy for you and, and you know you're not even supposed to be in it and, and it continues to drag you down. What is it this year that you have a, a vision for? What is it this year that, that you need to change and you need to grow in? And by the way, don't pick all of them. They all sound really great. But what is the thing that God has for you in, in 2024? What is the thing that the Lord is putting his, his finger on and saying, son, daughter, that, that's what you need to give me. That's what you need to deal with. Very often, we'll, we'll make ourselves great plans. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell the Lord all the good things we want to do, usually because we're avoiding the thing that he wants us to do, and we just don't want to listen to it. You know, more often than not, he's telling us, you know, you need to go ask for forgiveness. You need to, for, or forgive that person, or you need to deal with this thing. You need to reconcile with this or that. But we're saying, no, God, I want to read the Bible. I'm going to go over here and spend time reading the Bible. I'm going to take a class. And he's saying, well, that's really nice, and you'll learn some things. 
but you're never going to get anywhere until you deal with the thing that I'm asking you to deal with over here. If you, and the key really for growth is to do what the Lord wants you to do, not to do what you think you should do. Do what he tells you what he tells you to do. As, as a church, um, I, I just want to spend a few moments just talking to you about where Koinonia is headed. And then I'm going to shift gears and talk to you individually at, at how I believe that we, i just give you three thoughts about how we as individuals uh, in, this, in this year can start right and, and, and apply this uh, in our lives. Now, as, as far as Koinonia is concerned, our North Star, where we're headed, what keeps us going in the right direction is, is this phrase that we use right now. And we tend to bring it up, particularly at the beginning of the year, but we, we say it all the way through the year, which is igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. We're a people, we're a church, that what we're about is that we're about igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. I think it's up there on the screen. You should have heard that before. If, if not, then I repent because we should be saying this all the time. I want you to be the kind of person, if Koinonia is your home, that when someone asks you, what kind of church is that? Koinonuka, Koinonika, Koinonwua, are you, you know, are you Hawaiian, are you demonic? I mean, what, is, what kind of church are you? that you would say, you know, we're a church that ignites contagious faith in the one God who restores all. And that, that you, as a, as a part of this church, would, would not only know the phrase, but that you would, you would live the phrase. See, because it's not just a, it's not just a slogan. I mean, we're not just trying to, to, to re- get you to repeat a slogan. We're trying to have, have you understand and, and live that this is actually what we're called to do as followers of Christ. And if the Lord has planted you here in this place, this is simply how we say it. Now, there's lots of ways to say this. Churches say it lots of different ways. We'll say it differently in five or ten years when we change it uh, because we'll get bored of it. And we'll say it some other different way with more exciting words during that time. But for right now, what are we doing? We're igniting contagious faith. That means that you as a person who's following Christ, who calls Koinonia home, that means that you need to be the kind of person that when you get around other people who don't have faith, that you actually ignite them, that, that, that there's some quality in your life that is so contagious that they can't help but be inspired and changed by just being in your presence. And, and the truth is, is that a lot of us, we're boring. I mean, a lot of you are just snoozers in terms of your, in terms of your Christian faith. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but it's like, you know, we try to tell somebody about the greatest relationship that they could ever imagine in the entire universe. We're trying to share with them the thing that will change their eternal destiny and has the potential to change the destiny for generations of their family afterwards. And yet, when we're actually with that person, we are so not excited and not ignited about our faith in Jesus, why in the world would they ever want what we have? I mean, so many of us were just like so asleep and, and so boring. Our lives are so boring. Yeah, go to church. They got good worship sometimes. The preacher, yeah, he gets excited sometimes, but he preaches too long. You know, it's just so boring. Stop being boring. If, if, you're, if you're on fire, then you light other things on fire. My, my wife has a bit of a flu. She didn't come in this morning, right? You get around her, she's going to give you something. You may not want it, but you're going to catch it. Why? Because you're around a person that's infectious. 
It's time for us to be infectious. It's time for us as a, as a people to, to carry this thing with such passion that when other people get around us, they go, what, what, what do you got, man? I don't even understand. I don't even understand why I'm excited when I get around you, but there's something that you carry that inspires me that now I'm next to you, and I don't, I mean, don't, can you explain it to me? Because why I'm so in love with Jesus that I can't help but share it with others. See, our life, if your life is boring, it's because you don't actually live the life of Jesus Christ. You're not actually believing and following him closely enough to understand that every single day of your life, he has things in store for you to do. It's not just like, we, we don't just come to church and clap our hands and sing kumbaya and, and feel good, but there should be an expectation. There's a faith expectation that says, today is a day when God is gonna move. Today is a day when God is gonna surprise me. Today God has things in my path. He's got people for me to talk to. He's got challenges for me to overcome. I'm excited because he's going to surprise me. Will there be twists and turns? Absolutely. But he's never failed me and he's not going to fail me now. And, and so when you're like that, it's like, man, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. But 2023, there were some crazy things that happened to, in my life in 2023. But I tell you what, there was never one moment when I've ever felt that God was not with me. And there was not one moment that I ever lost the sense that, man, I wonder what's next. Because this thing's just getting good. Because God is about to do something new because he's a God of the new. He's a God of the unexpected. He's a God of the impossible. He's a God that actually knows and in advance has prepared all the resources that are necessary for me to move forward in my life and to see his kingdom come inside of me. And so I haven't yet seen the fullness of what he has. And he's not yet done with me. And so I'm not giving up. I'm not sitting down, I'm not deciding it's over, it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, it doesn't matter where you've been in your life, God isn't finished with you and he's still moving things forward for you. So it's time for us to actually ignite contagious faith in the one God who restores all. When you carry that into the community, then, then it's something that, that's powerful. That, that's actually how a church begins to grow. They've, they've done studies on churches that grow because of people actually sharing their faith with others. They call it conversion growth versus transfer growth. Big churches have a problem. Uh, big churches have a problem because they tend to attract other Christians from other churches. And, and so they grow because it's called transfer growth. Uh, uh, pastors like to call it sheep stealing. And then they get attitudes with each other. Uh, you know, because you stole my sheep. Okay, it's probably, it's probably true. No, no pastor wants to grow by transfer growth. Pastors want to grow by conversion growth. And the only way a church grows by conversion growth is if the people in the church actually are sharing their faith. It's not because the pastor preaches a good sermon. It's not because he has people raise their hand and come down to the altar at the end of the service. That's, that's wonderful. It's, but, but that's not really how it ultimately happens. It happens because the church is alive. They're ignited. They're, they're moving into the community. They're talking to others about who this God is. They're demonstrating the life of Christ. When they're sick, they're praying for them. When they have situations they don't know the answer to, they're saying, can I pray with you? They're actually moving in the way that God has designed them to move. So that's our North Star as a church. If you're wondering what Koinonia Church is about this morning, you're visiting this morning, welcome. We're about igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. And we're guided by some principles. We're guided by 
uh, these values that Jesus is everything. Because without him, we don't have anything. Because he's the door to heaven. He, he opened up uh, the, the, he- the, the door to heaven for us. We believe that people matter, that there are no unimportant people. There are no po- people that are, are less than, or, or there are no rejected people by, by the Lord. That the Lord actually has a place at the table for every single person on the planet. And that there are no unimportant or throwaway people in the world. We believe that we're to be Holy Spirit led. So we, we don't believe that the Bible is just a set of moral instructions that are given to us by God, and then the God went somewhere else and he's not interested in our lives. But no, God loves us so much, he sent his Holy Spirit into us to live inside of us, to renew us from the inside out. That means all the power of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is inside of us. We're actually supposed to be led by him. That's why we have this sense of expectation. Every day, God, you're going to do something. Every day, you're going you're to move. We believe in transform lives. The, the world will tell us that uh, we shouldn't ask people or expect that people would change. But I want you to know that I believe that every person on the planet is messed up, is broken, is lost without the Spirit of God, and needs to be transformed. God loves every person on the planet just the way they are, but he loves them enough not to leave them the way they are. We believe that God is in the business of transformation and change. If you want to stay the way that you are, you're probably in the wrong place because in this place, we believe God's taking us somewhere. He's changing us and making us to be more like Jesus. By the way, I'm saying if you, you don't have to leave if you are, feel like you're stuck, okay? I'm not like kicking people out of the church, right, because you're, you're in that place. We believe in authentic community. We believe that, that really the way that a church works is not when we're just staring at the back of someone else's head in service, but when we're in a small group, when we're serving together, when we're loving each other, when we're actually doing the thing that God has called us to do. Uh, the scripture says it's by their love, by their love that they'll know, the community will know that they are followers of Christ. Love happens in the context of community. These, this is our, our North Star. It's, it's, it's the place that we're, we're headed, and it's the values that sort of guide us into that, into that direction. And, and I want to tell you that in this year, in 2024, I believe that Koinonia, both corporately as a church and also individually, we're in a, a pioneering season. That means we're in a season when God wants to do some new things in us and through us. He wants to use us to do some things that we haven't done before. As the church grows, and, and the church is growing, but the church, if it's going to grow, it requires us to grow as individuals. Because a, a church, like any other organism or organization, unless the capacity within the organism grows, then it can't go any further. You can't contain any more. There has to be actually a different kind of structure that starts to happen. And, and so it requires us as a church to begin to stretch, to develop some new levels of leadership and develop a new understanding of how God has called us, new ways of reaching out. We've got communities that are surrounding us that, that need churches. And, 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 they, and I don't know how exactly we're going to pioneer into this next season, but I have no doubt that God is going to call us to do something that we haven't done within the last couple of years, within the last couple of decades. And, and, and the new thing is a scary thing. When we talk about knowing who you are, knowing what you're dealing with, right? This guy right here as lead pastor of this church, I, I'm much better at uh, perfecting that which already exists, much less good at pioneering into new things. Because I don't like to fail 
Uh, I like to do things well. I like to have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. I, li- I like to make sure that we got it all figured out. I don't like to, to make mistakes if possible. Pioneering requires all of that. Pioneering requires you to push into something new and to try some new things and to stretch into some new areas. And you're going to have some things that, that are unexpected. And so knowing that I, I tend not to be a pioneer by nature, but knowing that this is the season that God is calling us into as a church, it means that I have to actually be pushing myself to not be in my comfort zone, but to be stretching into the new thing that God wants to do. So I bought myself a coonskin cap. And it's hanging in my office, Davy Crockett, the pioneer of all pioneers, right, supposedly. And uh, so there, every time I look at that, I, I'm reminded God's calling us into something new. 2024, and there's new territory, there's new things. It means it's some, some new things that are uncomfortable, some stretching into new ways. Andrew, what are you going to do to do that? And as a church, we're then moving forward into this new season, not just saying, God, thank you for what you're doing, but also anticipating, Lord, how can we continue to cooperate to, to do the thing that you want us to do and the thing that you have prepared for us. Now, you as an individual, how do you start right? Let me just do this quickly in the next few minutes. You as an individual, how do you start right? The first thing you do, if you want to take notes, write this down. You need to have a vision for what can be. You need to have a vision for what can be. As we said, where, where are you headed? What needs to change? You want to get married? You want to have a better marriage? You want to have a better relationship with your kids. You want to have a different skill set. You want to start a new business. You want to get out of debt. You want to travel. You want to get your passport. I mean, what are the things that are in your heart? What's the vision that you have from the Lord that's kind of telling you, I want to go into a new place? What's the dream that you have? Proverbs 28, 9, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I like, I like how it says it in, in the New King James Version. It says, where there is no revelation. Where there's no revelation. The reason I like that is because we're not just talking, this is not a, like a self-help message. I'm not talking about self-actualization, that you're just going to become all that you can be by the power of your will. Visualize it and see it and, and put it out into the universe and it'll come back to you and all that garbage that is out there today. There's, there's something different that we're talking about here. When we're talking about revelation, what we're talking about is what does God want to do in your life? What does God have for you? you see, because that's always the best. We, we, we make the mistake of inviting God into doing, uh, helping us with what we want to do. You won't get very far in that. The, the best way to do it is say, God, what do you want to do in my life? What new things do you have in store for me? Now, I can guarantee you he's got great things in store for you. He wants to do powerful things in your life. It's going to be unexpected. It'll blow your mind when you get on the train with the Lord because he has such incredible things for you. But that's revelation. That's not just you deciding, I want to get rich. God, would you give me some money? Right? Name it and claim it. God, I'm going to lay my hands on some Lamborghinis so that they can be given to me, Jesus. You know, um, I mean, no, it's time for us to say, Lord, what do you have? What has God put in your heart? What has God put in your heart for your family, for your marriage, for your community, for your neighborhood, for your workplace? What has he put in your heart for the nation? What is, I mean, there, there is nothing that should surprise us when God puts it in our heart because he's a God of the universe, a God of the impossible. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so if your vision is so small it pro- that, that you can do it, it didn't come from God. If your vision is so small, you're just saying, God, can you please help me get through the day? 
Oh, Jesus. It's time for us to repent and say, wait a second. That's not a vision from the Lord. You need to get a vision of what can be. I was with my, um, uh, so my family this week, and we went skiing and snowboarding, and, and one of my nephews came with us. And halfway down the mountain, he heard that someone was going to uh, do a backflip. Uh, and, uh, and so he, he told us, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait here until this guy does a backflip. And the rest of us said, you're crazy, man, whatever. I mean, you know, and so we left. And, uh, and he sat there for however long it took. Pretty, sh- pretty soon he showed up, and he had watched this guy do a backflip. And we said, ah, you're lying. You <laughs> we did a backflip. You're full of, full of it. And uh, he said, no, no, I, I did a back- I, I, he did a backflip. He said, can I borrow your helmet? And so as, as stupid as I am, I said, sure. And so we gave him the helmet. And sure enough, for the very first time, he did this, ba- this backflip, and he almost did it. Like, he crashed, and it was kind of epic. We have it on video if you want to watch it. I almost played it this morning. He would, he would love that in particular. But he almost, he almost did it. It was incredible. He, he saw that it could be done. He, he, he got a vision for what was possible. And then he turned right back around, and he went for it. And I tell you what, the next time he, he does it, he, he's going to complete it. There, there, there's no doubt in his mind or my mind that that is not only possible, but he's going to do it. Why? Because he saw that it could be done. He got a vision for what he thought was impossible before, and then he just began to say, I want that. I can do that. The reality is, is that too often we are stuck in places The reason we don't have vision is because we're not around people that are doing things that are greater than what we can do. We don't have any vision because we're stuck talking to the same old people about how things can't change and how it's never going to be any different. We tried it before, and all we do is fill ourselves with the garbage of all the repetition stuff of the past. It's time for us to pursue people that are doing more, that have vision and faith, and that are showing us what is possible. You get around people filled with vision, suddenly you go, wait a second, I want to do that. I want to go to the nations. I want to do something different. I want to start a business. I want to grow and have a better marriage. I want to do something that's never been done in my family. Why? Because I've seen it can be done. I want you to know this year, God has some things for you to do. He's got a vision for your life. It's time for you to get a vision along with him for your life. Number two, engage with a God who can and will. Engage a God who can and will. This is where I said this is not about self-actualization. What we're talking about is lining ourselves up with what God wants to do in our lives because when we line ourselves up with what God wants to do in our life and we say, Lord, would you do what you want, then we are now engaging the most powerful person in the universe. There is nothing that's impossible with God. There is no enemy that he cannot defeat. There is no situation that he cannot deal with. There is no financial debt that he cannot overcome. There is no marriage that he cannot heal. There is no dead body that he cannot raise. There is no situation that's too far gone that he cannot repair. Why? Because he's a God of the impossible. And so when we're coming to him, we're coming to someone who actually can do something. It's not just, I'm going to try and I'm going to try harder. It's like, no, God, you're the one who has the power to raise Jesus from the dead. Now you live inside of me. I want that power as well. I'm going to live in that power. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, God started something in you, and he's not going to quit on you. God doesn't turn his back on his people. He doesn't decide, oh, they messed up again. I'm done with them and go down the road. He doesn't cross his arms and say, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it from the very beginning when they came into my relationship with me that they were going to fail me. And, and so they're just a lost cause. That's not the way that, that he works. He says, no, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He actually is the one that's dedicated to it even more than we're dedicated to it. He's the one that's saying, would you just work with me because I have the ability to do it inside of you. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power. Would you say mighty power? <laughs> through his mighty power at work within us. It doesn't say his mighty power at work within someone else. It doesn't say his mighty power at work within just the general universe. It says, no, there is his mighty power is at work within you. It's, it's at work within me. What? To accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Infinitely more than what we might ask or think. That's a whole lot because I can think some pretty big thoughts. I can dream some pretty big dreams. And the Lord says, there's more that I can do. It's beyond what you can imagine. It's exponentially more. It's infinitely more. You haven't even begun to think big enough thoughts because I'm the God of the universe. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Even the greatest thoughts of man could never begin to come to where I'm at. The things that I want to do in your life, the things that I want to do in your kid's life, the things that I want to do in your community are infinitely more than what you can ask or think. It's time for us to actually start praying some bigger prayers, start dreaming some larger dreams, start stretching out a little bit more than where we have before. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. Would you say masterpiece? masterpiece? God's masterpiece. God doesn't make any junk. God is a master craftsman, and he says to you, I'm making something beautiful out of your life. He says he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God loves you. And he wants to take your life and he wants to make it into something beautiful. And you look at your life and you say, I've messed up too much and I've made too many mistakes. And all you see is you see the broken pieces and the mess that you've made of it. You see the mistakes that you're carrying and the, the, the sin and the, just the junk of, of the brokenness that, that you're carrying. And God looks at you and he says, I can do something with that. I can actually take all of those loose ends and those broken relationships and those impossible situations and I'll, I'm going to weave them together. If you, if you put them in my hands, I'll, I'll weave them together and make them into something beautiful. I'll make them into an artwork that's worthy of hanging up in a museum so that others would come and say, look what God did with that person. Look, I, I couldn't imagine that he could do anything with that person. Look from where they came from. Look what they did with their life. Look at all the mess ups that they carried. Look at all the things that were against them. But God took them and he made them into something beautiful. Glory be to his name because he's able to do more than we ask or imagine. He's a God that can do it. Number three, Chart a course that is flexible. I like this one, chart, chart a course that is flexible. It's just a reminder here that we are on, uh, a, 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 we're in a marathon, we're on a trajectory, and we can make plans 
But we have to understand that the truth is that the plans that we make probably won't turn out the way that we expect. That when God is in control, that he's the one that actually moves us in the direction that he wants. This is what Proverbs 69 says. We can make our plan. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So God wants you to make plans. He wants you to actually anticipate and, 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 and say, yes, Lord, I, I hear you. I, I think I, I, you want to do that in my life. I have a vision for that. You've put something on my heart. And so we get, begin to move towards it. But then we give the Lord permission to, to do it in the way that he wants to do it. Nine times out of ten, when we set our plan we tell the Lord what it should look like, and when it doesn't look like that, we think that something is wrong, that either the Lord has failed us or that we didn't hear him to begin with. And so we begin to second-guess everything, and we set to the side that dream and that vision that originally really was from him, but because there were detours and twists and turns in the road, we just kind of gave up. I had a mentor that said to me just this week, he, he said, Andrew, so oftentimes... People will, God will give them a vision and they start moving towards it. And God will use that momentum to move them in directions that they didn't anticipate. He'll use the momentum of them beginning to take some steps in faith, thinking that they knew what was, what, what really God wanted to do. And he then will take them in, in a totally different direction and in a better place than what they could ever begin to think or ask for. And at the, at the end they go, wow, thank, thank you, God. Because this is so much better than what I thought was the best. This is actually so much better than what my plan was. But see, it doesn't happen until you begin to get some movement. You begin to step out of faith. You begin to step forward. But you have to be willing to allow the Lord to surprise you. I can guarantee you that every good thing that the Lord has for you in your life is going to be opposed not just by the enemy, it'd just be opposed in general. There's resistance against you receiving the thing that God wants for you. There, there's resistance against you growing. There's resistance against you getting free. There's resistance against you getting healthy and, and whole and growing towards him. And, and that resistance looks so, 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 in so many different ways that we should never be surprised by the twists and turns that come in our life. I think sometimes God doesn't tell us about all the twists and turns just because he's having grace on us. If he would tell us all the things that we have to go through, we'd give up. But, but when, when we have the attitude that says, Lord, your grace is sufficient for me no matter what happens. And I know that you have good things for me, and I trust you all along the way. So whatever happens, Lord, I'm just going to continue to move in the direction that you're leaving. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to the side. I'm not quitting. I'm not throwing up my hands. I'm, I'm just saying, Lord, yes, I, I trust you that you're more than enough in this situation. Sometimes the detours that happen in our life feel like we're going backwards. We, 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 we start moving forward in the thing that we think that God wants us to do, and it's almost like, wow, we, God, how did I end up here? It just seems like I'm, I, I'm, I'm not only treading water, it seems like I'm going backwards in, in the other direction. And, and I'll just tell you that so often the Lord is doing something in those moments that we don't understand and we don't see. And, and if we get ahead of him, and, and if we 
give up on him, we will miss the fact that he's actually dealing with things and, and he's, he's uprooting things and he's rearranging things in our life. And if we would just continue to say yes to him, then, then he will actually take and redeem all the time that we thought was lost, that we thought it was not going to work out, that we thought, man, that door was closed. Then all of a sudden it's like God hits the fast forward button and he moves us farther forward in the process than we would have been if we did it according to our plan, even though it felt like we were going backwards for a while. Because when we submit our plans to him when, then, and allow him to direct our steps, then he'll take us and he'll do more with us than what we can ask or what we think. I love, I love this quote. Plans are worthless, but planning is indispensable. That was Eisenhower. This is my other favorite one by the theologian Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I want to encourage you, you're going to get punched in the mouth. You just keep moving in the right direction. You just keep, you keep moving forward. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be wounded. There's going to be some things that are unexpected. You're going to have people betray you. You're going to hear some things that you didn't, didn't want to hear. You're going to have things that happen in your life that you would never have imagined happen in your life. You, you, you're going to get punched in the mouth, but you just keep moving. You just keep trusting the Lord. You keep engaging him. You keep your heart clean. You keep saying yes to him. You keep being obedient to him. You keep laying yourself down at his altar and, and saying, yes, Lord, I, I want what you want. I don't, I don't want to miss what you have. I'm not going to give up because I know, Lord, that you're doing a new thing, a new thing in, in my life. This year, get a vision. What is God's vision for your life? What does he have for you in 2024? What are you going to grab a hold of and say, you know what? I, I am going to grow in this area. I am going to learn. I am going to stretch. Invite him into that process. Get plugged into the most powerful person in the universe and then begin to chart a course towards that. Would you stand to your feet? I just want to pray for you in this new year. Would you just bow your head and invite the prayer teams to come up even right now in anticipation of some people that might want to come down receive personal ministry. I don't know what's in your heart this year for, for 2024, but Lord, we, we just, even right now, we just pause and we, we, we want what you have for us. You might even just tell them that. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't have a vision, a dream. Maybe you're not even sure how to do that. Maybe your vision and dreams you gave up, given up on a long time ago because they just sort of didn't pan out the way that you did. Lord, we're just praying right now that you would give us your revelation of purpose for our lives. Lord, I pray that for every man, woman, and child that, that's here in the house and that's listening to my voice. Lord, I thank you that you're a God of the new, you're the God of the impossible, you're the God that dreams big dreams, that there's nothing that's impossible with you. Jesus, you said greater things than these you will do. And so Lord, I'm just praying right now that there will be birthed inside of every heart a new faith and expectation that you're a God, Lord, that's moving us forward, that you haven't forgotten us, that our lives are lives with purpose and divine design. So, Lord, for every heart that's right now even struggling with that idea, I just pray in the name of Jesus that faith would be imparted into every heart and every mind. So begin to reach out, to begin to vision. Lord, I just pray that you begin to lift us up above the clouds of doubt, above the clouds of despair, above the clouds of, of history and fear that we would repeat 
the history that we've experienced. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare today there's a new faith that's arising inside of your people, a faith for expectation and hope that you're a God that can do the new thing, that you're a God that's going to take us in 2024. You're not going to leave us. You're not going to forsake us, but you're actually going to move your people forward. I'm declaring today in the name of Jesus that there's going to be vision for healings in marriages, vision for healings in relationships. There's going to be vision, Lord, for growth personally and spiritually. There's new ministries that are going to be released in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring faith, Lord, for new things to happen inside of our lives. God, that we are not some people that are forgotten. We are not some people that are rejected, but that we are your chosen possession, your royal priesthood, that Koinonia Church is a place where you're moving today. And so, God, I pray for new faith to arise in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you now even begin to inspire your people to move in faith like they never have before, to take steps, God, like they've never experienced before, that they would be determined to grab a hold of the hem of your garment, to not let go of the purposes of God in their life. I declare even over relationships between parents and children that are broken and they seem impossible, that this is a year of restoration. It's a year of reconciliation. It's a year of new growth. I declare in the name of Jesus, the prodigals returning to the house. I declare this is a new year of salvation coming forth and speaking out of people's lips into families and neighbors and people in the community, people they're working with, Lord, that they'd find themselves talking about the things of Jesus and that there would be ignited a new sense of hope and expectation that you're a God that's at work. I thank you, Lord, that today you are moving in power in your people. I pray a blessing in the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, every home. Lord, we declare peace, peace, peace in the name of Jesus, that every spirit of hopelessness would be broken, that faith would arise, and that you would move before your people, make their steps firm in 2024, I pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can join us in person on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. or online at the same times, including Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. Visit our website at kchanford.com. Koinonia Church, where we are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all.